This is Energy of Business Moments with Michael Seip, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success and get exclusive advice on how to implement their business success into your life and business. Energy of Business Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Michael Seip. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Energy of Business Moments podcast. I am Michael Seip, your host. Today, we have Mark Peasel of Back Left. Mark is a Colorado businessman and has been in the business of internet development for how many years, Mark? Uh, 25. Wow. There you go. Well, welcome <laughs> to the show. Got a lot to talk about today. Thanks. Happy to be here. Good. Well, tell us a little bit about your business, the name, like where did Back Left come from and, and what you do today? Uh, sure. So uh, I started this business with a partner, uh, a longtime friend of mine back in 97. And back in 97, we were um, we were building websites. We were doing um, lots of websites, lots of database applications, lots of e-commerce applications, really not not, I wouldn't say cutting edge, but we were definitely out there. Um, really working with some big clients and and uh, and doing some great fun work on the internet. We uh, we were doing uh, online stores before the Shopify's, and we were doing content management systems before the WordPresses, and we were doing uh, email management systems before the Mailchimp's came out. Um, so so we have a, a a long, deep, and wide background in technology and also marketing. So um, and then back in. Uh, We'll skip forward a whole bunch of years. Uh, my partner and I parted ways amicably, and uh, I wanted to rebrand a little bit. Um, so officially, my company is Summit Communication Design Incorporated, but I have a long background in, in rafting and boating and kayaking, and uh, so I wanted something a little bit different to brand as. So I chose Back Left, which is a, a command um, when you're guiding a raft with a bunch of passengers that are paddling. Um, I don't know that it's used much anymore, but uh, back then we'd call out a back left to turn the boat to the left or a back right to turn the boat to the right. And uh, back right was taken as a domain. So I chose back left and and that's where we are. There you go. Yeah. Well, that's interesting about rebranding re yourself. And obviously entrepreneurs run into that kind of experience often. Where yeah. did that take you then with this rebranding and what sort of service were you providing? Well, for a long time, I stayed in the development world into building websites. Um, I, I long ago I took some training in Google Ads, um, Facebook Ads, but really kind of was sort of sort of pigeonholed into websites and developments and and um, e-commerce applications, database applications. While I was also starting to move into sort of the online marketing world, um, <clears throat> and then within the last few years. Uh, I really just said, no, I'm only doing marketing and, uh, and pretty much just, just, you know, you could call it as boring as being an ad buyer. Um, so I, I buy a lot of ads on Google, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Snapchat, Pinterest, you know, all these social media companies that, that have ad space to sell. Um, that's where my main focus is right now. Okay, great. Well, that, that is quite a difference from going from building websites to then developing ads. And obviously, you probably have learned a few things in the ad space over the years uh, as that has evolved and, and how that model has changed. Anything that's unique 
perhaps that's changed in the last few years that is interesting to you or is worth sharing? Um, you know, in the ad world and marketing world, the the people who started advertising and marketing 100 years ago had it right. So in, in some ways, those principles and strategies ha- have never changed and will never change. Um, really, the, the, the goal and strategy of marketing is to connect a consumer to a product, essentially. So uh, years ago, we were asked, uh, my partner and I and our business were asked to do some dating websites. And um, so we're like, this is kind of before dating websites got really big, before all these other big name sites. And uh, and we started looking into it. They had a couple specific niches um, based on some some religion or spirituality concepts. And um, and anyway, we went through those things. And, and at one point, I finally realized that marketing and and anything you do with a website or marketing is like a dating website. All you're trying to do is is promote the the concepts or the the attitudes or um, or the qualities that you have or that your product has that someone else is interested in. So, so really you're just trying to make that attraction, that connection between in a dating websites, it's person A and person B in an e-commerce website or in a marketing world, it's, it's person A and product B um, or service or something like that. So, so really those concepts have, have stayed the same forever. And, and I believe they really will stay the same. You're trying to make sure you're, um, you're representing your product honestly and ethically and to where someone's going to want to buy it. Because if in a dating website, if you present yourself as somebody different than you really are, it'll never work. You know, you might have that moment of attraction right away, but then once you realize who the other person is, if they're lying to you, it's not going to work. Same with the product, same with the service, same with the business. Um, so those concepts are the same. What changes is a little bit of the technology. And, uh, you know, they used to say the web, web world, uh, a year in the web world is about six months. And um, yeah, I think it's maybe even going a little bit faster at this point. So what we hear a lot of changes about, you've probably heard a lot of the, the hubbub about iOS 14.5 and, and how much that caused problems. And it did. It disrupted a lot of things. But for those of us who, who were sort of in the world of, of marketing and advertising and web development before it became a pixel world. Um, I feel like it didn't affect us all that much because, because you're not trying to, again, you're not trying to fake your way into getting someone to buy something. It's really about honesty and presenting your product, which you are, what it really is. So, so that's how we've been able to overcome those technology changes of, uh, that have make made tracking a lot harder. Um, but we were doing this kind of before you could track as well anyway. So, so my goal with the people I work with is not to, not to try not to rely on those pixels too much um, to really put yourself out there as you really are and let people be attracted to that product, that service, that person, the story of the business, all those things. Those are all very, very attractive and powerful marketing concepts. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's some really insightful advice from an expert who understands that marketing really fundamentally has not changed in however many years. It's the the values, the qualities that are attracting that consumer to that product or that service, right? Yeah, absolutely. Good. Well, thank you for sharing that. 
Well, obviously, in running a business, you can be an expert on things and you can have everything kind of figured out from what you want to provide. But from a running a business perspective, especially as an entrepreneur, there can be some ups and downs, some highs and lows. And so energetically, we might talk about an attitude we have, which develops into a personality or a theme or a, you know, an image that somebody might have of, of one's business. For you as running your own business, what's been maybe a low moment for you that really challenged you and how did you adapt? Uh, I would say the, the, the hardest experience that we had in this business was back in, in the 2000s when we had the, the dot-com crash. Um, we'd only been in business for three or four years at that at that point, and um, we had we had a staff of I think it was about thirteen in our company, and uh, and every and the phone stopped ringing just overnight. Everything stopped, and um, and that was difficult because we had a my partner Steve and I had a, had some decisions to make really to 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 close up shop like so many so many businesses were doing or to, to really try to stick it out and go for it. And, and at that point we decided to stick it out and go for it. The, the hardest part about that whole experience was we didn't cut staff soon enough and, and we went into a whole lot of debt. And so my biggest um, recommendation to anybody who is having um, staffing payroll issues is, is don't put your payroll on a credit card. Um, that seems pretty seems pretty obvious right now, and probably is to everybody else who's probably thinking, "Oh, you dummy! Why would you do that?" And um, and at that point, um, we it was more important for us to make sure our employees got paid, even if we were letting them go, to make sure that we honored our commitment to those employees. And and so we did. We we took on a lot of debt that took a lot of years to pay off. But I feel like. Um, it was a it was a learning experience, and I you know again I would say if you're if anyone's battling that challenge of needing to meet payroll, um, don't put it on a credit card. Um, as much as you care about your employees and your staff, the they're they're going to be better off knowing sooner that they need to go find a new job or something like that. If you can't pay them, it doesn't work to have them to have them as employees. So. Yeah, I won't tell you how much debt we went into, but it was significant, and um, and it it took a while to pay off, but we did. Wow, that's a really good story, Mark. And what I, uh, you know, hear in that is that there's sort of that ownership piece of owning or feeling responsible for the employees' well-being, and obviously, you guys cared about your employees, so that you didn't want to, you know underpay and honor that commitment. And so energetically, you kind of bonded to, to that. But I think what was really interesting was how you identified that maybe transparency is the better thing with your employees when things start getting challenging. And what I think I have noticed is when companies are more transparent and challenges are presented to the employees, employees, obviously, you're going to have a sense of fear there are a number of them that if they value the company will step up and offer potential solutions to include like, Hey, I'll take a leave of absence or, Hey, there's this other company that maybe we could partner with. They prevent provide a different angle that maybe the owners hadn't really thought of. So how true do you think transparency would have been 
for you in that situation or anybody else maybe in that situation? Uh, that's that's a good observation. I think transparency is key. I think uh, you know early on in our business life, and we started this pretty quick out of college and and honestly, <clears throat> we really didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> we were like, hey, let's start a business. Okay, great. <laughs> and uh and and I think we felt a little bit like we have to, you know, lead from and we don't want anybody to see the cracks. We don't want anybody to to see the challenges we're facing. So um I again I, I also think that's not a great strategy because I think the more the more you can get your be open with your employees and honest with them. Um, I think you're right. They're going to, you know, some of them are going to come back and say, great, how can I help? Cause they don't want to lose their jobs either. They want to, they want to stay employed. And, and if you're good, if you're good people and, and they like you and you treat them well, you know, those are, those are valuable employees. And, and at one, one illustration of that, we had a, we hired a salesperson, excuse me, who, um, who we said, here are your goals. We, we need you to sell X amount per month, blah, blah, blah. Excuse me again. And uh, and if it doesn't, you know, then we'll revisit it every month and see where you are. And it was it was maybe two or three months. And uh, I, I don't know. I don't remember how long it was exactly, but she hadn't sold anything. <clears throat> and she was trying. She was making phone calls. She was dialing for dollars. She was doing everything she possibly could to make some sales. But she couldn't. And that's kind of another story. But but we finally called her in her office one day and we've been open with her. We've been talking with her. We've been helping her. We've been encouraging her, trying to get her to go and make some sales. Her not making sales, I will say right now, I don't believe was necessarily her fault. Um, but again, another story. But um, we called her in the office and she came in and sat down and she said, it's time, isn't it? And we said, yep. <laughs> <laughs> She knew it was time. She she'd given it her best, and and we've been open with her and honest with her, and given her some goals and some strategy and some timelines, and and we parted ways amicably. And um, she she just knew she wasn't being successful, so she moved on. And and that was that was an easy um, an easy transition for her away from us uh, because we were open and we did communicate with her. Yeah, great example, great example, Mark. Thank you for sharing that. Well, there's a pivot. How about sharing with us a little bit about maybe a high moment or a high, you know, phase in your business that energetically you're just like coming to work every day going, man, I, I can't wait to, to dive in here. Or maybe there was that one key pivotal moment with someone where everything just shifted after that. Yeah, um, I'll try to share a couple quickly because there were a couple. One of them has to do with all this debt we got into that it became my my driving goal to pay that off. And and so every while my partner and I were together, we would we would take every dollar that came in and apportion it properly so we could continue to get paid enough to live off of, but we put every dollar we could into paying off this debt. And uh and as it got closer and closer, um, it just felt better and better and better. And I and I still remember those days when I wrote the last check to a U.S. bank credit card. I'm like, this is it. It's done. And it felt so good. And even now, I get chills thinking about those times of paying those that debt off. And and over and over and over, as we as we paid off and consolidated, it just became like a weight being lifted. And and it's a weight that I don't recommend anybody 
anybody have or take on. Uh, and then, and then since then, uh, I've run really debt free. I mean, there's, there's, I don't want to take any, take on any unnecessary debt at all. Um, and, and probably the next, the next important thing that I've learned is how to say no. Um, and because I was doing work that I wasn't excited about. So I'd been doing web development and, and, database applications and working with programmers and developers and, and stuff for so long that it just felt like I needed something new. And that's when I was really moving into the full-time um, uh, head buying world. Um, and, um, but I'd still get calls from people say, Hey, can you build this website for me or something like that? I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so finally being able to say no. And I remember I had this project that was going on as a big project. It was one that I wasn't, super didn't super really believe in. Um, so I didn't have the passion behind it, which is sort of another thing that I would say is, is only take on projects that you believe in or are passionate about or, or projects that you believe will work. And, and it was in this transition of development to marketing. And I finally realized um, I can't do it. So I gave it up. I, I, I stopped at mid project or, or I quit mid project, which I don't really like to do. But I had a, a programmer that was doing the most of the work, and I essentially sent the programmer with the project, so the client was taken care of. But but it wasn't anything that I could do anymore, and that was another thing that that was super freeing to be able to say no. That's that's not what I want to do. And then I eventually I hired a business consultant that I work with occasionally, and and he helped convince me to be able to say no. I'm not doing those projects anymore. I'm going full into uh into the marketing world which does excite me which does um get me back to work every day uh because i'd love to see how clients can be successful um i love the challenge of 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 getting ads out there on facebook and even now if you can you know get a, a two or three or four or five return on ad spend is fantastic especially these days and so so that's my goal that's what drives me is, is how can i make these ads how can i make these clients more successful and being able to say no to the stuff I don't like to do. Oh, that's, that's a great mark. Um, when I, you know, work with, with businesses on, on my side of the house, what I find is that sometimes at the lowest sort of energy level, it's the one of sort of retrenchment or frozen into inaction. And then the next level up is like, okay, we're just going to fight this or we're going to power through it. And so when you're taking on clients for work that you really don't like to do, you're going to have to power through it. Right. And maybe you need it to pay a bill or two. And so it's totally fine to do so. But for a longer term phase, it's not sustainable. People burn out. Right. And so for you to set those boundaries and say no, and then go into a space where you're feeling passionate and are excited about your work, you know, you start getting up into the higher anabolic energy levels and that is sustaining. It does motivate a business. It does motivate an entrepreneur. And when those bad things happen, you drop back down a little bit in energy. That's okay because you've been building and conditioning or rewiring your brain, if you will, to one of I'm always doing work that I'm passionate about. Right. And yeah, these speed bumps will come along. So for you, would you say that's pretty accurate in that as you've moved into this newer space that it just it just makes running a business that much more enjoyable for you. Absolutely. It really does. It's, um, 
it makes it so much better because I, I the the development stuff it just doesn't excite me anymore and and even now when I I still have this this these some legacy clients and people I've had for a long time that I do support on some development and things because because again I've I've had a client you know I work with now for twenty two years one of them and and we we built their websites and we we do the marketing we do the SEO op- optimization for them. And I still do some development. So, and I, and those are ones I like because I like the client. I like what he does and I like a relationship. And so I will keep working on some of those things, but I also do bring contractors in occasionally to help me out with some of that. But, but it, it is really about doing what you love and doing what you like and, and being able to draw those boundaries. And, um, and initially you have to draw them in the sand because that line moves a bit. And then, and then as you really stay focused on what you really want to do and what you're really good at, those lines become more in stone and, uh, and it's great. It's, uh, it, I highly recommend everybody learning how to say no. Yeah. Well, that's, that's great, Mark. But you know what, it's interesting too, uh, when you say and talk about the no is sometimes we are told, okay, well then do the downsell. Like what's, what's the next thing you can sell them when you say no. So you don't walk away without money. Right. And, and a lot of entrepreneurs feel that pressure, but but that's not necessarily the case. What I heard with you was, you know, if you somebody came to you that you valued what their business was, your no is a no, but there's also a but. But here's somebody else I know that can help you out with that. So you are coming at it from a perspective of, yeah, I'm not going to take on that that challenge or that work because that's not my space but you're also providing an opportunity for somebody else to have that. Yes. And in effect, maybe it's a referral partner relationship and maybe you get some money out of it, but really what you're doing is you're building trust with your customer base and client base, and that can only benefit you over the long time. Absolutely. I do. I, I don't like to see a client go away without a solution. And and if I can help them find a solution or direct them to a solution, um, that's great. You know, and I will, that said, um, I'll talk to anybody also because you never know what you never know what is going to what's going to come of it. And and I, I I like to talk to people. I like to share what I do. I like to learn about their business. I've learned about so many different businesses over the years um, and touched on just almost any kind of industry you can imagine from 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 watches, the, the first early calculators on watches to to auto racing and toys and and um, and um leather repair and all this kind of stuff. So, so I've, I like talking to anybody and you just never know what's going to happen. You know, I, I talked once with, um, with, with a woman who I, who I'd gone to college with, who worked for a little nonprofit in St. Louis and, um, a nonprofit healthcare. And so I did some work and website work for them years ago. And it turns out her husband owned a big business. And so I got connected to her husband and started working with his agency and their, so Anyway, you just, that's why I love talking to anybody because you never know what's going to happen. You never know what solution you can provide in terms of actually providing the solution or giving them direction to be successful somewhere else. Yeah, fantastic advice, Mark. Thanks for sharing that piece. Now, Mark, obviously you've got some great advice. We we hear this on the on the podcast, but sometimes we wish we could talk to somebody else. So if you could meet and speak with anybody deceased or living, who would that be and why? 
Well, I've already met Bruce Springsteen, so that was a that was a high point. Granted, I didn't get to talk to him very much, but uh, that was fun. Um, you know, there's a whole lot of super famous people out there that would be really interesting to me, but but I kind of narrowed it down to two. One of them is is Einstein because because I don't understand relativity and I and I want to understand like space time and time travel and and all that and he's and and I feel like maybe he wouldn't be able to understand it to a lot of like me but who knows um and the other one is Betty White because I think she'd just be a hoot to talk to yeah well that's a t- totally different but totally understandable too right absolutely like the longevity that she had and yeah. the ability to entertain for so long yeah. and that she continued to enjoy it all the way to the end you know it was just awesome absolutely. and then and then yeah checking out the the big brain on on albert <laughs> and getting, right. getting a little bit of that would be great right and seeing those two talk together would probably be fascinating <laughs> there you go now that's a twist i had but of that one that's good good yeah. Well, Mark, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show today. You've had some really great information, some great insight. If people wanted to get a hold of you or your business, how can they do so? Um, I would say just, you know, my website is backleft.com, all one word, no uh, no hyphens or anything. Um, and uh, you can, there's a form there. My phone number's there. You can shoot me an email, give me a call. Um, yeah, I'd love to talk to anybody. If you've got, especially if you've got some marketing challenges you're, you're facing, um, you know, I'd love to chat with you about, about that because we've been very successful in, in, um, in making, getting some good return on ad spend in Google and Facebook, Instagram, um, Snapchat's a little bit tougher, but we're making it work there. And, and, uh, and if you've got some, some challenges there, I'd love to chat with you and see if I can help you out or direct you somewhere, somewhere else that can help you out. Well, great. Thank you, Mark. That's uh, it's good info. Well, again, thanks for being on the show today, Mark. It's a really great episode. appreciate you being here, and thanks for taking the time out of the day to be on the show. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Energy of Business Moments with your host, Michael Seip. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates and we will see you on the next episode.